0: i Spaces And welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, December 19th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Babylon, Bitcoin's security of staking in and beyond Cosmos. Let's take a listen.
1: Okay, great, guys. Well, let's get started then. If we could go around and if everyone can give a brief intro about themselves and about what um, company or project they're working on, that'd be great.
2: All right. Shall I start, Min? Yes. Okay. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Um, So I'm David. I'm from Babylon. I'm a co-founder of the Babylon Project. So we have been working on this project for almost a year now. And uh, our goal of the project is to bring Bitcoin security To POS chains. In particular, we have been focusing on the Cosmos ecosystems, the app chain. So we are a strong supporter of the app chain thesis, but we believe that app chains will benefit a lot from having a very strong backing from a strong security source like Bitcoin. So our technology is basically to enable Bitcoin to security to add to the security of app chains. And some use cases involve the speeding up the unbonding period from 21 days to less than one day uh, etc happy to go into more detail so i'm right now on leave from stanford university i'm a faculty member there and we have a research lab there doing research on consensus protocols blockchain consensus protocols so that's our expertise
1: thank you great uh, did james or cam want to go next
3: oh yeah for sure so um my name is uh, I'm the head of growth and strategy at Imperator. So just to let you know more about Imperator, we are uh, a validator mainly focused on the Cosmos ecosystem. So right now we are securing 38 um, blockchain based on the Cosmos SDK and we also um, Contributor of uh, Osmosis, so uh, half of our team is also um, maintaining um, uh, the data part of Osmosis. For example, we created you know, the website uh, info. Zone. We provide APIs um, directly for developers to to the Osmosis blockchain. And we are also uh, a community-focused validator. So our goal is also to present projects that we really like to our community to explain the benefits of those projects. And, and yeah, so this is our main mission at Imperator.
4: Thanks, Cam. And uh, I'm James. Uh, I work at Figment Capital. I'm the managing partner at Figment Capital. Uh, Figment Capital is a early-stage VC uh, fund that focuses on investing in blockchain infrastructure. Um, and we are, you know, an independent but uh, closely aligned uh, firm uh, that's very connected, very closely connected with figment Inc, which is a uh, proof of stake infrastructure provider uh, that currently operates on over 60 networks. Um, many of which are cosmos based and they've been around since 2018. So um, I think they were active on the cosmos hub test net um, and have been, you know, contributors to the Cosmos ecosystem and supporters of chains and the app chain thesis and the multi-chain thesis for, for over four years. Um, and we, we Figment Capital's I think bested in somewhere between 15 and 20 um, networks over the last year that have, have raised capital um, and um, look to deploy on an app chain. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Amazing guys. Awesome. So I think we'll just get um, straight into the questions. So- um, you know, like this is really a Twitter space around security. And so, what are the main topics that um, you you hear community members talk about when it comes to security in Cosmos, and why?
3: Yeah, for sure. So, I think
1: one topic that
3: that is highly discussed within the community is maybe how to make a proof of t- a, proof, a proof of stake chain more secure over the long term, because you know, we can say that uh, protection are highly secure in the short term because they can offer high staking rewards to incentivize users to to secure the network. However, it's also very important, I think, to ensure that the staking rewards are also financially sustainable in the long term in order to maintain, I would say, the security of the network. And And one issue we faced especially on the Cosmos ecosystem is that you know it's uh, an ecosystem of sovereign blockchains which mean that each blockchain is responsible for its own security so this was an issue but right now there was um, a lot of different I would say shared security solution such, such as of course international security Mesh security and also Babylon is also addressing this kind of issue by offering uh, Bitcoin security directly to uh, proper-stake
4: networks. Yeah, and I think I would just add to that. You know, I mean, even more more recently, there's been discussions about open-source software um, as a key security issue. Um, And, you know, questions around whether it's smart contracts um, or, you know, just the security of applications and the code um, and the reliance of, you know, being able to verify verification versus trust. Um, there've been a lot of debates recently about that and, and whether, you know, closed source or open source is the right way to move forward in the space. Um, I think everyone has their own opinion and where they feel comfortable on that spectrum. Um, i lean more personally towards open source um and you know i think the other thing that's very interesting that cam mentioned would been was on the interchain security you know i think i think one of the really cool things about cosmos has been their ability to iterate and actually to experiment in a variety of different ways that um really only the cosmos has uh you know whether it's shared security models through like ics um and this like sort of like I'll say shared security, but maybe like collaborative security model through mesh security um, or Babylon um, using and leveraging the security of, um, of Bitcoin. You know, I think experimentation is like the highest and like the highest degree in the Cosmos ecosystem, which is just really exciting for, for me. And I think for a lot of I think that's what attracts a lot of folks here. And so. Um, yeah, I, I think that like generally speaking, when people come talk about security, um, there's some governance issues that we probably could touch on. Um, I think there's uh, security from a code base perspective, and then I think economic security to make it um, you know more difficult to attack the network um, as a whole. And I think those are probably the three that I would I would those are the three categories I would probably focus and spend most of my time on thinking about.
2: Yeah, so I want to echo this point by James that um, Cosmos is really a very vibrant ecosystem in terms of experimenting with new ideas, even on such a basic issue like security, which is kind of like the core of a blockchain protocol. Um, so indeed, there are many ideas around and our experience uh, of bringing this new idea onto the table that is the Bitcoin security for Cosmos is that a lot of people are very open and experimenting with this idea and uh, trying to understand how this idea integrate with other ideas. For example, we have had a lot of discussion lately with uh, liquid-staking protocols like Stride on trying to understand how Bitcoin security, how speeding up the unbonding period would help or complement a liquid staking protocol. So really very vibrant and exciting community to build out new ideas. So definitely um, very interesting. And another point I want to mention is this uh, very interesting point brought up by Cam on long-term security in terms of uh, uh, the staking. So staking requires stakers to put capital and currently the incentive to put capital is to have very high yield. So the question is whether this high yield is sustainable on the longer term. And if it's not sustainable, if it's reduced, then how, what is the impact of that on POS security? If I understand correctly, Cam, that's your question. Is that correct? Because I think it's yeah. a really important point.
3: Yeah, this is exactly my my point. Yeah, I mean, we have to think about the long term, how, how can we just, yeah, Maintain and keep the security of uh, a proof of tech network uh, uh, over the, the, the over the years. So th- this is an important topic that I'm also uh, thinking about, and and yeah, I think it's very important to to find this kind of, of issues because you know um, a proof of work network is is very very secure over the long term, and having this kind of ability, for example, uh, uh, this kind of subject on. Which you you are working on, uh, like combining the proof of work uh, security network to a POS network, is
2: is something very great. But actually, I think an interesting point is that even in the long long term, there are still similar questions that was asked for, say, Bitcoin, for example, when the re- block reward uh, goes through several halving, then there is a question on the long, long term, whether Bitcoin itself actually is sustainable. So I think the question you asked for proof of stick chain is not necessarily only specific to proof of
4: stick chain.
3: The, yeah. the other, yeah.
4: go, go ahead, Cam.
3: Oh, no, no, you can go for it,
5: James.
4: I was going to change, I was going to say something completely unrelated, so please go on. Oh, OK.
5: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, you know, the thing is that right now, um, Proof of,
3: proof of work network is still highly secure compared to a proof of, of stake network over the long term. And it's true that over the very long term, we still have to think about what will happen to, to the Bitcoin network if, if block keywords are not enough. And, and yeah, this is still a, like an open question that we have to solve.
2: Yeah, so this long term, this long, long term.
5: yeah exactly
4: (laughs) i'm i'm actually like i'm actually just to jump in with a kind of different topic here but i'm embarrassed that i didn't think about it when i thought about security and especially considering that we're talking to validators here um or folks with backgrounds in validators is like the validator set is super important uh to security as well um and making sure that it's decentralized um and so like what that means whether it's so what sufficiently decentralized means as a definition, right? Um, whether your chains are permissioned or permissionless, um, we have chains that have, you know, 20, they're that that are in the Cosmos ecosystem that have 21 uh, validators. We have chains that have up to 150 and 175. Um, and so there's like large sets versus smaller sets. And there's risks associated with like having a smaller set. Um uh, there's performance issues that, that, that are related to that as well um, on both sides. And then when we're even like, start to think about sovereign rollups that are built on top of Celestia and and how many validators will, will one of those have, which is like, you know, still Pbd, but you know, we start to get into a lot of questions around security as far as like the, the, the viability of like the network being, being taken over by uh, malicious actors on the validator set as well, um, which I think was a like, I should have thought of it, and also relayers like separately. Like one of the areas that that Cosmos um, has like to focus on is just like the relayer set, um, and and so like for for something like Osmosis, you know, have like 122 active relayers right now, um, which is a ton. Um, but they don't all not not all networks share that same like large number of relayers. Some have five um, or even fewer, um, and so that's. It's an interesting area that people have to think about and look at as you think about interoperability to make sure that you do have interoperability, that there are connections to other chains and how that can impact your network security, uh, the chain security that you're most focused on, as well as the, the chains that it's connected to, which we saw, obviously, like with the Terra um, collapse back in May. Yeah, I think uh,
2: how to measure decentralization is a very interesting problem. Because the number of validators may not be the only measure of decentralization. I don't know if James have any thought on that, but last week, two weeks ago, I was at a meeting in Princeton where they kick off a new center called Decentralization Center. And one of the hot topics in discussion there was, well, how do you measure the decentralization of a validator set or in general of a blockchain?
4: Yeah, I mean, it will. I mean, weight, I, I assume weight has something to do with it, right? Uh, and voting power. Uh, I think people have started to come around to the the idea that like one token equals one vote um, does create some real, real problems, um, as well as just like, you know, having a weighted, you you could have 150 validators and have 90% delegated to one validator. I don't think that, that would, I don't think anyone would argue that that's like a, Sufficient. I don't think anyone would argue that's it's a, it's a decentralized like uh, validator set, even though it's maybe a distributed one. Um, and so I, I think there's like a I think it's like un, uncertain right now. And then on like on rollups, right? The other issue is with, with rollups. We see that we consistently hear right now. At least I can point to Ethereum as an example um, that today all L2s are single sequencer rollups um, They're as centralized as it could possibly get. Um, there's promises of eventually there being some sort of decentralized sequencer uh, set and we're excited to see what those look like. I don't think we've seen any documentation for what any of them will look like to date. Um, but, you know, looking forward to seeing it, looking forward to reading it. Um, and then like ultimately the question then becomes like, how many are required? How many, how many is sufficiently? Like, we're hearing numbers like, in the five and six range. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear where people land and how much they care about decentralization over periods of time. I think it goes, it kind of, it's a pendulum, um, and people really care about it when it's relevant in like in markets, like in bear markets, maybe people care a little less about it, uh, cause they're worried about other things. But I think generally we, we want to, we always want to push towards a equally like distributed, uh, Widely uh, decentralized um, network when whenever possible.
2: Hey, but wait a minute, James. So in the bull market, people don't care much about it because they focus on making money. In the bear market, they don't care much about it. So when would they going to care about it? In the middle, David.
5: <laughs>
4: in the middle, <laughs> on the way up and on the way down. I guess I don't
3: know. <laughs> yeah, but th- th- that's true. I mean, I mean, you know, the Binance Martian was quite popular
5: in the in the bull run whereas there's just a few validators so it's it's i think we are back again so i wonder how we can tell the people who were there to come back in (laughs) i think they, they should be able to see us on twitter directly and maybe join Is this like the same, I
2: don't know how Twitter space exactly works, but is this the same Twitter space as the one before, or is it a completely new one?
3: Uh, The link is different, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's emphasized on our Twitter. Yeah, so if people, they follow us, they will see the new link.
2: So should we each send out a
5: tweet to tell people about the link from our respective Twitter handles? Yeah, Babylon Twitter already tweeted. Yeah, so uh yeah, let's see, James and
3: Cam, do you wanna yeah retweet the, the link and then people will know
5: yeah this is a new space. Yeah, for sure. Let me do it. This is bizarre, this, this connection. Yeah, it's retweeted. Twitter is falling apart, I'll tell you. So you just tweeted out something from Babylon, uh, Trudy? Uh, No, it's like once we start the new Twitter space, it will tweet automatically. To the followers of Babylon? Yes. Okay, I got it. So I'll forward this one. So this Mm -hmm. one was tweeted out three minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is the new link. Got it, so I'll retweet this one. Should we talk about something? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I talk about whatever.
1: Yeah, so um I, I know we're probably gonna run out of time, so I, I guess we can just go on to the next question then. So um okay, so our next question is as a validator, how do you find new chains to serve as validator for?
5: cool yeah so you can go for it. you want to go for it first uh james uh you know what game go
3: for it man love to hear, love to hear your <laughs> okay. take okay yeah for sure yeah. so yeah so uh, as validator uh, we can do it in different ways so first of all the, the first step is like we hear about uh, the a project and we can hear it about from different sources, like on Twitter or on some events, such as the Cosmoverse, or even through our our network. For example, we are quite close with different validators, so we talk a lot with uh, all of them, and sometimes they they can hear about one project and they can just send us a message to to te- to tell us more about one. And so th- this is, I would say, the first step. And then what we usually do at Imperator is that we we have a call first with the team just to have a clear understanding of what the project is doing, uh, if the project is valuable, if they solve uh, something uh, very important in the ecosystem, know more about the roadmap, know no more about the philosophy of the core team, and based on those information, we'll do a, a kind of uh, extensive due diligence to see if it's worth it to to join the network or not and if it's the case, then we just tell the team that we'll be happy to to join the network as a validator. And I, I think it's very important to to do this kind of uh, of job, especially for us, for a vali- uh, as a validator. Because um, you know, as a validator, you put your reputation uh, at stake, and and it's important for a validator, you know, to. To, to support the project that we believe in, because we we don't just validate we, our, our philosophy is also to help and support the project as much, as much as we can. For example, we provide this kind of relaying services, we provide RPCs as well, we can provide also uh, you know marketing or strategy advice and that's why we do this kind of due diligence to to support the the project that we really like and and we really
4: believe in. Yeah, and then I, on our side, uh, on the Figment side, it's a it's probably a little a little different. Um, so, you know, I think there's a couple of different avenues that that we evaluate uh, new chains that are, that are launching, both in the cosmos and I think outside of the cosmos, which is important to make a differentiation. Um, so, we, I think typically there's a roadmap, right? And there's like keeping an eye out for interesting projects that are building in the space. Um, and that we just like maybe either want to know ma- more about we're curious about we think they solve interesting problems um and i really like the idea of cam it's uh, point about like a reputation at stake right that like ultimately you know the networks that you support do say something i think about about you um and and your and, and your reputation um and so um interestingly enough when it comes to pigment figments pretty large um infrastructure services provider. Um, and so in addition to like the, the networks that they support, uh, in the cosmos ecosystem, they also support, you know, almost every single major L1. And then hopefully, you know, down the road, like L2s and L1.5s and L0s, and there's a bunch of interoperability protocols as well as like middleware solutions. Um, and the, so the, in, there's usually like number one, there's like inbound requests, right? The inbound requests typically will come from maybe founders themselves that are building new chains. Um, oftentimes like institutions and business partners so maybe you have a delegator uh, that has delegated to you on other chains before and is making an investment and has a position that they want to they want to stake with you so they may reach out and ask um, whether you know, this is on the roadmap, or whether it could be considered to be added to the roadmap. Um, th- that even then goes in and extends beyond uh, just like investors to like institutions, whether it's like exchanges or custodians that Pigment works with, and larger institutions, larger validators work with, like those partnerships and the requests that are that come from them as well have to be like weighted and considered as well. Um, and then lastly, uh, sometimes if we're lucky enough, like Figment Capital, the fund that we, that I work at um, and, and help run, um, you know, we invest in a number of Cosmos chains, like I said before, and really what we invest in is like blockchain infrastructure companies and we try to, and, and projects. And so, um, you know, what we try to do is do a lot of due diligence, obviously research, uh, make really solid investments and great investments in, in new and exciting projects. And then it's like, hopefully um, we can talk to our uh, closely aligned partners at Figment and, you know, share some of that information with them. You know, we're usually investing very early um, in projects, usually at, like the seed level or so. And so one of the things that we want to do and ask is that like, you know, we'll do the due diligence. We'll build these relationships with founders. And then ideally when the time comes, whether it's test net or it's main net launch um, that, you know, they get a, they get a good look uh, at from the figment th- figment team um, and that they can be considered and evaluated for whether or not um, it can be added to their roadmap. And so I would say it's like the inbound requests, right? There's just like just general like buzz that you hear about certain chains that you just want to be a part of and then um, and investors. And so I think that's probably the three categories.
1: Awesome. Great. So now that we've talked a little bit about how you find new chains to serve as validators for um, what, once you become a validator, what are some ways that you participate in governance? And, um, you know, how do you think governance within the Cosmos ecosystem is unique compared to other ecosystems?
4: I'll go. I can go first. Um, Well, governance uh, in in a couple of different ways is is, is like very unique. I think, for one, having remote signers is super important Um, and having... Access to the, the ability to Z um, has actually really, I think, opened up the the space for for validators to be able to participate more meaningfully and, and to do more without like exposing the private keys or, or the validator keys. Um, to like, you know, a larger group of folks. So I think like from a security perspective, and we keep talking, kind of going back to security, one of the really important things, like Auth2Z has really unlocked like an incredible amount of like ability to keep keys secure, but give and authorize folks and teams like and and, and and individuals, the ability to take certain responsibilities that maybe are or aren't related to like the movement of tokens, take those and allocate and delegate those to like other other parties. Um, I think that that's like from an institutional perspective. And as you start to like move from the cosmos ecosystem being this, like, as it starts to grow and become more institutionalized and has like more, uh, like large investors in it and it becomes just bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, you're going to want that ability to uh, separate roles and responsibilities um, similar to like how gnosis safe works you know you have you're going to want like and Fireblocks works uh what auth z unlocks from a capabilities perspective is like super valuable to the future growth of the cosmos ecosystem um, and so in addition to just governance in general and tell you to proof of stake um I, I would i would guess i would lean into like auth z is like a really huge innovation for for the cosmos that's like Going to be very. It's it's going to only increase in value over time as the network and ecosystem grows.
5: Yeah, I, I agree with James.
3: So uh, I'm not really familiar about uh, of the other ecosystem, so I will only speak about uh, the Cosmos ecosystem mainly. But yeah, the way we do governance is is very unique. We can see the the community is is actively participating in governance. Uh, compared to other ecosystem, but I would say that we still need to maybe improve transparency and have some better toolings to to do governance in the Cosmos ecosystem. Because um, one main issue I would say we have uh, on the Cosmos ecosystem especially is um, the the way we communicate uh, with each other. For example, if you want to, uh, if there's a, a proposal on the um, on the Cosmos Hub, there's, for example, the Cosmos Forum. If there's a, a a proposal on Osmosis, you have to go on Commonwealth. Uh, there's some chat, private chat on Telegram, for example. And the, the way we communicate is quite, I would say, Difficult because sometimes you know we just um, sometimes uh, there is some um, interesting ideas that are said on Telegram but are not shown on on the forums. So we still have to improve, I would say, the tooling and have a communication that is more transparent and have one tool that is used uh, by all the the chain from the Cosmos ecosystem
4: yeah i guess i would like also just add to that there's like two areas like on, on the negative side uh, maybe or, or maybe three um I, I think like the first is tragedy of the commons which i think is kind of a, a very like important contextual like area to think about which is like essentially when users that like have access to like all the resources in the world right and and have unhampered like unhampered rules that govern access and use like they all act independently based on their own self-interest and contrary to the common good of all users um and so that is one area where i think we find um has been the case occasionally from time to time in in the cosmos ecosystem Um, everyone's acting in their own best self-interest versus maybe maybe the group as a whole um Additionally, like, con- like there's been some discussions about constitutions recently, which I think are really important. I think like obviously everybody can like make amendments to constitutions, but like an understanding of what can be voted on and when and by whom and, and to what extent. I think like the without some like barriers or like some like uh, uh, guardrails like things can get really crazy. Uh, and, and like one example that's like double jeopardy kind of like, right. Where like we, maybe I don't want um, soda in the, in the water fountain. And so like, I, like we have a, we host, we, like, we, we say no, like we vote and like the, the, the majority vote is like, no, there won't be soda in the water fountain. And so then like um, somebody else just sets up a proposal tomorrow and says like, let's do it again. Let's re-vote and we vote. And now, we vote yes. And so now the question becomes like, it's been only 24 hours. We have one vote of no majority and we have one vote of yes majority. And it's not clear like whether that's
5: like,
4: there's, there's a little bit of an un, there's a bit of like the ability to continue to submit and proposals in perpetuity and until you get the answer that you want. And so I think there, there are some rules that still need to be kind of hashed out a little bit about like how we want to proceed in this and we actually have the ability to set those rules ourselves um but but with like that type of like responsibility obviously comes like Thought, there should be some thoughtfulness put behind it. Um, and I think that we should probably be communicating better and find better ways. Like, like Kay mentioned before, like we need some sort of like organization and like kind of central or two areas where we can have these conversations where people can talk about them openly. We have like thoughtful discussions about it. People are making informed decisions based on what they believe are the best, uh, the best decisions to make. And then, and then we move forward. And and like, regardless of whether we like the vote or we don't like the vote that we kind of like, at least for, some period of time adhere to the results of the of the vote um before we like revote. And I think those are would really be helpful in just kind of like laying out a basic framework that we can then like build on top of or continue to build on top of, I should say.
1: Got it. Okay guys, makes sense. So we're we're gonna have two more questions and then we'll open it up to the audience. So I think the first one is um what what um what would Bitcoin security um, for Cosmos mean for a validator? And what are the benefits of reducing the stake on mining time for a validator?
5: Yeah, for sure. So first of all, Bitcoin, I would say that Bitcoin security is, is what we are all
3: looking for, because right now there's nothing, nothing as secure as Bitcoin for us uh, so far as a validator maybe being on a blockchain that relies on the security of the bitcoin network will improve the security as a whole and maybe i have uh, some question about uh, maybe to you david you know um, to sure. regarding babylon sure. so i'm i'm not really sure how um, who maybe who will timestamp you know uh, the pos
5: block uh, regarding babylon is it the validator that will do this kind of job or is it the
2: yeah, so yeah, I can answer that. So the time stamping, the Bitcoin timestamping on the PO the cosmos chains block is kind of the mo basic primitive that Babylon provides. It this is obtained in two steps. First, by achieve, by opening an IBC connection between the Bab the Cosmos chain, for example, like Osmosis and uh, Babylon the IBC connection automatically timestamps blocks of osmosis onto Babylon through the light client, the IBC light client. So that's the first stage of the timestamping. So you have now timestamps of osmosis blocks on Babylon. Now Babylon, every epoch, say half an hour, will timestamp its block to Bitcoin. And this timestamping is done through a either through validators can do it, or we can have relayers. We call them vigilante, which are basically like relayers between Babylon and Bitcoin. And anybody can be incentivized to send uh, such a timestamp onto the Bitcoin network. So if we combine now the IBC connection between Osmosis and Babylon, and this timestamp from Babylon to Bitcoin, then we can have now an end-to-end proof of a verifiable timestamp of osmosis blocks onto the Bitcoin chain. Does that answer your question, Cam?
3: Yeah, this is very clear. And I would say that then it, it, there is maybe one topic that we, we should talk about, and James mentioned it earlier, it's about uh, uh, IBC and all the relays, because the thing we, we have right now on the Cosmos ecosystem, so for example, uh, as on our side, uh, at Imperator, we are relaying um, different blockchains based on, on the Cosmos SDK. And the thing is that we are not really incentivized to for, for doing this job. So what happens is that sometimes the foundation of uh, one team is uh, delegating more to our nodes to cover the co- the relaying cost. But this is still... Uh, an open question and, and an issue that we still have to, to solve. There's some team, teams that are working on it, for example uh, I know that the Skip team is um, is working on incentivizing um, IBC and relaying by, uh, by MEV. And there are also some other open question like um uh, um increasing the 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 transaction cost so that it can maybe bring more value to to re- and and this is still something that we should work on because we have a lot of different projects that are coming on the cosmos that will use IBC. And relaying on IBC will be more and more important uh, on the ecosystem and we should and we need to work on on this kind of
5: uh, of sort of of issue. I would say, yeah, super important, super important.
4: Yeah, I sort of, I sort of feel like, especially on that last point on the relayer side, that like I, I, I'm curious about the the design space around mesh security, um, and I'm kind of hopeful that the governance associated and connected to mesh security. Um, allows for some some yield to be directed, you know, as you have this connection between two chains that's like sharing some form of uh, inflation rewards or some sort of rewards between chains. That like there is a carve out for relayers. I, I feel like that makes them that's like the that makes the most sense, you know, especially in these like high profile, highly Close, like closely aligned ch- chains that that will be like one of the ways in which relayers will be able to make decisions um, from a financial perspective on, on like where they want to spend their, when, where they want to build these relayers um, and what chains they want to connect. And I, I think that that might be the first, the first iteration to like where as relayers start to go to where, where there's compensation versus where there's not compensation um, that will start to bring other chains with IBC connections that that value certain chains Uh, connections to IBC uh, via IBC. um, I think that's where you start to see the the needle move, probably following that connection, those connections, whether it's interchain security, whether it's mesh security. I think that's like going to probably be the first mover that, that kind of gets everybody else thinking about compensating relayers. Unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately.
2: So James, if I understand this, this is a very important point you made here, you're, you're, you're saying that uh, as one source of, or important source of uh, incentive for relayers is because IBC can provide, can help with match security. Is that uh, sort of a source of incentive to compensate
4: the relayers? Is that the point you're making? yeah or like maybe i as we start to think about compensating other outside parties right for uh, for security right so like i think the best example that that's been the the, the obvious example that keeps kind of like the one that i can think of is like i think juno and and osmosis are are in talks right about mesh security like y'all were on the panel together um Presumably, by Babylon Chain would be connected, like for, yes. for with those networks as well for mesh security, right? Yes. yes. And so, to the extent that you're going to have this mesh security model, where you know clearly what you're saying explicitly, because you're like, like or implicitly, is that like this connection is so important that we are willing to pay staking rewards to this other network um, in exchange for security um, for our network that like. To ignore the the way those two chains are connected is through IBC <laughs> seems almost like ludicrous, right? And so, like if I were if I were going to submit like a proposal for like, hey, you know, we want yield or we want rewards to be earned on uh, this other chain, this like this other chain, um, like some amount of those rewards should kind of like It should almost be like a trail, like a breadcrumb trail, right? Where like, yes, most of the rewards go to destination chain. Um, But like along the way, there's like, there's rewards that are being dropped for the relayers because the relayers are really the reason and the entire reason why the two networks are connected at all.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. In fact, uh, at the meeting in November, you were mentioning I was talking about the fact that actually IBC is in some sense underrated because in addition to allowing token transfer, it actually also allows security transfer through the uh, light like client, which is a, effectively a time stamping procedure. So maybe that is indeed a way of compensating for the relays because of the recognition that security is a really important function. I love it. it sounds great. Let's yeah, do it. You, you gave me a beautiful idea. Thank you very much. You are my ideas guy.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's yeah, that's really great. And even you know when you you think about uh, when you think about mesh security, you also have to think about maybe the the risk that can be involved to that. So. If you say, for example, I don't know, there's Juno and Osmosis that are uh, securing each other. The Also, the validator will receive um, uh, more staking rewards because it also takes more risk. For example, if one validator, I don't know, double sign on Juno, it will also get slashed on Osmosis as well. So the network will pay this validator especially more than the others because it's taking also this kind of risk and and yeah i would say that yeah connecting those the different chains and by, by ibc yeah it is something that yeah that should be incentivized and in, in the case of um,
5: mesh security yeah it, it could work very well that's great
1: Awesome, guys. Great. Well, so we have one last question and then we'll open up to the, t- the audience. But uh, what are some unique um, go-to-market strategies that you've seen in the Cosmos ecosystem? And how do you think the underlying tech enables these new business models or um, new go-to-market strategies? Uh, I, uh, I have one in mind. <laughs> so uh, I
3: think maybe the way we, we do our job <laughs> So I'm not really a fan of airdrop, but I have to say that it's still a good marketing marketing tool and marketing strategy over the short term. And it's on Cosmos, it's something very special because you can see sovereign blockchains that are airdropping to stakers of other sovereign blockchains. Like, you know, Osmosis is airdropping to Atom stakers. Whereas um, elsewhere, you won't see, I don't know, uh, Avalanche AirTropping to, to Solana Stakers. So this is something that is really unique and special in the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, because, you know, it's just uh, an ecosystem of sovereign blockchains, but still it's with highly connected communities. And this is why it works on mainly on the Cosmos ecosystem and nowhere else.
4: Amy took my answer it was airdrops uh, for me too um i i think like actually you know i mean now now stargaze has done something really interesting where they were you know i, I don't think it passed but like there's a proposal to bridge um nfts over to stargaze and in exchange for that there would be like an airdrop of some sort i think like you know the cosmos ecosystem has grown, uh, and it brought a lot of attention, like airdrops essentially, um, brought a lot of attention and interest into the ecosystem. Um, and I think more important than the airdrops themselves, which like, look, lots of people are very, very happy and excited about airdrops is like what you do with the opportunity. Once you have, once you have the attention of people, um, and, and, and that makes or breaks like really the future of like, how people view and how they think about about it. Um, there's been a lot of the really cool like innovations. I think Evmos is like rec drop got a ton of like great press. Uh, I don't know how many people in the in like the Ethereum ecosystem claimed their rewards. Um, probably not as many as on the on the Cosmos side or on both that have both are been in both spaces. Um, but you know, I think generally speaking, the buzz is definitely alive and well when there's airdrops. Um, and i think it's been one of these like areas where like the cosmos ecosystem has done really well and shown how you can bootstrap a community um of of really dedicated like long-term long-term believers like in your in your in what you're building um through through them um i think osmosis has been great uh and i think i think juno has been wonderful um, and, and so we'll see, we'll, and, and Stargaze has done a really great job. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think there's like really interesting ways to get people involved. And I think that Cosmos has been by and large, um, the reason why we're so interested in it, the reason why Figment Capital is so interested, um, in investing in the Cosmos ecosystem is really because of like the, um, there's like a kinship, there's like a close kinship across like all these founders and like a real entrepreneurial spirit in the Cosmos ecosystem that the Cosmos ecosystem actually caters to and helps foster and like a sort of like up only like together mentality, which I think is like really exciting and really, really like something worth trying to keep and hold on to for as long as possible.
2: So James, is this unique to Cosmos or you do find that in some other ecosystems as well?
4: Well, I think for one thing, like the, the type of developer that is building in the Cosmos ecosystem system is like incredible. It's just like, I'm going to probably get some hate for this. It's like incredibly stronger on like the average, but on average, like it's definitely much stronger. Uh, the things that they have to think about and they have to consider um, when you launch your own chain, which is also your app, your own application um, includes, you know, block times, interoperability, um, MEV, uh, order transaction, uh Validator sets, uh, inflation, rewards, uh, how you distribute your tokens. I, there is so much that that a a developer, a core developer in the Cosmos ecosystem, has to think about that someone who builds an application on any general purpose blockchain doesn't have to think about um, on a daily basis. They essentially, um, they essentially like offload um, that to the responsibility of the of the of the L one. Um, and so as a result like you just see this like really interesting like you see these builders that are trying to solve really difficult problems and like and like constantly working together um and and working alongside one another to come up with like new solutions and and like we said before right david like experimenting experimenting in new and yes. interesting yes. ways um and so i i mean i attribute that to like the cosmos the cosmos SDK, um i contributed to like Ibc um and and i just find it to be like incredibly refreshing just the entire space in general. And I think a lot of people who are, who are here and who are here long-term like figment, um, are, are constantly amazed at like the innovation and the, and the, the rate of innovation is like definitely faster. And it definitely, um, makes it a really exciting place to like keep, try to keep your head above water. It's like, it's hard, but the swim is worth it at the end.
5: Got it yeah i mean yeah i
3: totally agree with that i I mean the cosmos ecosystem can offer you a lot of different things for example if you want to to build your own chain you can decide on how much you want to spend on security you can create your own governance system you can still communicate with all the different blockchains and from the cosmos ecosystem and this is this is something that other ecosystems just don't have and having this kind of I would say decentralized team that are building their own project, but also contributing to the same technology is something very strong, and that's that's very unique to Cosmos. And and I think the yeah, this is what makes yeah Cosmos uh, a very great ecosystem for developers as well.
1: Great. Okay. So. Um... I, we're wrapping up, guys. uh just four more minutes left in our tour space. Um, were there any other questions you you felt like um, could have been addressed further or asked or um also we're we're open to any questions from the audience as well.
5: So I have a quick question. Um, so I know that some ecosystems
2: like cosmos have on chain governance. We were talking about governance a little bit earlier, that, that just thought came to my mind. But there are other ecosystems like, like Ethereum, which have no, I believe, no on-chain governance. So since you folks validate across multiple ecosystems,
4: any thoughts on pros and cons? yeah i've got a couple uh maybe unpopular also um i mean i guess the question becomes like you know to some extent you know so interestingly enough for those of you who aren't aware um like ethereum is not there's it's not a governance token uh there's like no voting uh on on ethereum um and so the way that decisions are made are is is much less like kind of clear uh developers work on something and then like Threat validators either point or don't point there. I assume that's how it works. I'm actually not even that clear on how it works. Um, so the, I, I think that like for some issue, I think we're, we're trying to figure that out in the Cosmos ecosystem right now, right? Um, I think with some of what we're seeing with like Interchange, with, with Adam 2.0 and and also just like how do you move forward? I think maybe, I, I don't know whether there is like a good, I don't think anyone has like the right, the right solution right now. Uh, just yet, we haven't come up with like the perfect solution. There are probably day-to-day operations that can be voted on by like some sort of like smaller contingency. Um, and I think the way that that the Cosmos ecosystem has taken it so far and how they've moved forward with it so far has been successful by and large. Um, there's always a question of like whether you want everybody who like to be experts in something or if you're willing to like like or do, does everybody need to be an expert in order to vote or should everybody's voice hold equal weight um, and and I think one of the un oh, I'm like all over the place here a little bit with this answer I think what I would say is is that it's unclear whether validators um, believe that they have a um, a duty to vote Um, And we've seen sometimes even uh, Figma included sometimes um, that like they don't vote as often as they maybe they should. Um, And if uh, delegators are not willing to delegate based on um, a validator's like willingness to vote or if there is no penalty for not voting, um, then, you know, maybe there should be some sort of separation between governance and delegation or maybe you could be able to delegate separately for validating and for voting. I think there's just like some weird, interesting like spaces that we can still think about that would be important that um, haven't been fully kind of like explored yet. Um, there's a lot of folks that are like really inactive on the voting side um, and they just don't view it as important or they have too much going on or they just don't think about it and there's no penalty for not doing it. And so they don't. Um and maybe there's people who delegate based on the voting record of folks, uh, and others that others that delegate based on performance and don't care anything about governments and don't ever vote. So I think it's like a very interesting space and one that needs to be like kind of thought. I think we could think about it a little bit more and come up with like maybe a better, some alternatives to what to the current the current model
5: yeah
3: totally agree i mean yeah we have some issues what right now on, on governance especially with some uh, centralized actors like centralized exchanges that don't participate in, in governance at all um and, and i think that's an issue because they have a, a, a high a high part of the voting power and we need to to, to have them to 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 vote on on different governance proposals but it, you know, James. Uh, there is. Uh, I, I talked to 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 Jelena recently about uh, Internet Security, especially the international Security version one of the of the Cosmos Hub. And so, the different, for example, uh, consumer chain that want to use Internet Security V one will have to go through governance, and validators will have to vote on on accepting them as a consumer chain or not. And if it's the proposal pass, all validators um, on on the Cosmos uh, chain will have to um, to run a node for that specific consumer chain. And if they don't do it, they will get slashed for that. So I would say that if if those centralized, you know, validators uh, don't pat- participate in this kind of uh, specific proposal for gov- governance uh, for consumer chain. And if they don't run the node, they will still get slashed for that. So that's a way I would say to penalize some centralized actor to not participate in governance. So I expect them maybe to to participate a bit more, especially on the on the consumer chains governance proposal. But yeah, we still need to find a way to to yeah to 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 yeah, to incentivize maybe them to, to participate in governance, because as a validator, you also represent the community and you, you you represent your delegators. So it's very important for, for those delegators to, to vote and for you to vote and, and have a clear vision of the, the, on, on where we are going.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think like it's a, I think it might be an important reason. Um, for nothing like two in the weeds here, but like I think it might be an important reason to separate voting from validating and giving um and I don't know I don't try and put more work on other people's plates or anything like that ever. But like there's there are a few folks I mean I'm just like look I'm just looking at the Cosmos Hub uh scan validators and their participation in votes and and it it is not great uh and that's that's including us um and so as i look at this i I just say like okay so what happened there, there are reasons like some centralized i think i think there was like there was like a i don't know if it was a case or there was like some there was something recently where it was like held that uh people who do vote you know, could be considered like susceptible, like could be considered liable for changes in, in the code. Um, And so I think Uh, that that's like, a, I think that's wild to think about um, because we're not auditing it. We can't all audit. Um, But I think the other part that's important is like, that might be a slightly higher standard than, than any validator who's not an auditor wants to place themselves at. Right. And so as a result like we probably should figure out some way to like yeah, va- delegate yeah. delegate validation to okay. one party and then delegate voting to another party um optimism is a really interesting has a really interesting approach where you have like these like you have people who you can vote for or you can delegate your votes to like people individuals um i know like rick dudley for example um is like got a lot of uh, delegations Um, and he can vote on behalf of like certain proposals that he thinks are, are, um, you know, what direction he thinks they should, they should uh, go in. And and maybe I actually agree more with his line of thought than I do about like his ability to validate on a blockchain, right? Because he doesn't have a validator. And so like, I, I do think that there might be some value in like separating the, the two, um, let validators do what they do best, which is run infrastructure. Um, and then maybe like allow, uh, community members that are like very involved in governance to lead the governance charge and maybe get compensated in some way, um, for that.
1: Great guys. Great thoughts. And, um, I know we have to wrap up cause, um, I know we're, we're probably running late to calls right now, but, um, Thank you so much for, for joining us, James and Cam and David. And, um, you know, would love to have you guys on a subsequent Twitter space uh, with Babylon. And um, yeah, thank, thank you everyone just for sharing your, your thoughts. It was really informative and educational. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Us.
2: very much. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Babylon space number four, Bitcoin security of staking in and beyond Cosmos. Recorded on Monday, December 19th, 2022, for Terraspaces.org. I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to Terraspaces.org/donate and show some support. Now with Spark IBC enabled. Get into the shit and line them up Just another fixed game of try my luck Go, oh, lighten up, dog. It could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead Or putting in new speakers It's a toss-up driver Or just I've done the research, living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor We take a little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Taste great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal? I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble